Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is a very special bonus episode. We're jumping out of the order to put out a recent Netflix original film, which we're in 2023. So it's a 2023 action thriller called The Killer. This is directed by David Fincher and stars Michael Fassbender, Arliss Howard, Charles Parnell, Kerry O'Malley, Salah Baker, Sophie Charlotte, and Tilda Swinton. I'm Jesse. I'm your host here today. This is going to have spoilers. So if you are keen on checking this film out, The Killer from 2023, directed by David Fincher, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on because I don't want to ruin the film for you because I will ruin it as we get into this show. And as always, we do start the show with the fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about an assassin who stuffs up a job and he tracks down those who tried to make him accountable for his mistake. Ooh, intriguing. Hopefully that's intrigued you enough. Um, last chance, pause, come back, because we're going to talk about how this ended up on Netflix, a bit of a story behind this film arriving on Netflix. So realistically, this is based on a French graphic novel series of the same name written by Alexis Mats Nolent and illustrated by Luc Jocamon. Uh, so graphic novel see some good uh, graphic novel adaptations at times, I guess. Um, and obviously the, the other way around as well. If you're a fan of John Wick, those films, there's, there's some good graphic novels based on that character as well. But I don't know, I'm just probably talking about John Wick because this film does remind me a little bit about, uh, a little bit of John Wick. But let's continue on. The the graphic novel, um, they started working on an adaptation of it back in 2007, 2007 uh, at Paramount Pictures and Plan B Entertainment with Fincher signed on as a director. Um, and Alessandro Camon as the screenwriter. So from what I can gather, this is a little bit of a love project from Finch. I really liked the story, wanted to get it up and going. Then we have to go to 2021, where Fincher um, moved the project onto Netflix with Andrew Kevin Walker replacing Camon as the writer. In 2008, we're going back, 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 back. Um, Fincher originally thought of Brad Pitt for the role of the killer. But Brad Pitt said it was a little too nihilistic for him, a little bit too um, too dark for him. So that's how we ended up with Fassbender. Uh, Fincher, as the director, was considering lots of different projects for the follow-up to Mank from 2020. He met with Fassbender and they had several meetings together about this project. And after these discussions, uh, he could see that Fassbender was really committed to doing this role. So Fincher said, cool, let's get this film on the way. Let's make the killer. This film The Killer, and I've sort of mentioned Mank already, but this is the second feature in a four-year exclusive deal between Fincher and Netflix, Mank being the first back in 2020. Principal photography for this film began in November of 2021 in Paris. This is a bit of a a globe-traveling film, Uh, continued to the Dominican Republic in December of 2021, moved to New Orleans later that month, and then to Chicago in February of 2022, and St. Charles in Illinois, also, um, you know, Chicago and Illinois as well. This uh, doubled as New York as well. So uh, March of 2022, they were in uh, St. Charles for 10 days, and then they wrapped later that month. Nice little story. Um, the tagline for this film, I like the tagline for this film. Not very often you get a tagline I like. I really like this one. We're talking about an assassin. We're talking about, uh, you know, this, this one character that we follow throughout this film and the tagline for this is execution is everything. And I love that double use of the word execution because the ability to execute the job is everything as well as that idea of uh, the job being about execution too. So <laughs> good little play on words. The film here, this um, 
debuted at the Venice Film Festival on the 3rd of September 2023. Played a few more festivals. Played the BFI London Film Festival the 5th of October 2023. The New York Film Festival the 14th of October the same year. And then the 17th of October it was also at the Chicago International Film Festival. It had a limited release around the world in uh, theatres from the 25th of October before hitting Netflix worldwide on the 10th of November 2023. As mentioned before, this had a little bit of a lengthy um, production sort of film from the start of November 2021 right through to the end of March 2022. Very early on, I guess, I I can't see this being a big award sort of film, but it has, you know, debuted at Venice, so it was nominated at Venice for the Golden Lion for Best Film, and it also won the Best Soundtrack there as well. It's been nominated at the Hollywood Music in Media Awards for Best Original Score for a Feature Film as well. So we'll see. Keep an eye on it. Obviously, this film only hit Netflix about 24 hours ago. So um, probably a lot more to come. And we can probably talk about that with the consensus or or some of the things that critics and audiences are saying about this film. As I mentioned, obviously, it's played a few festivals, had a cinematic release. A few more people have seen this than I thought, I think. If we we look at Rotten Tomatoes, it sits at 86%. um, That is certified fresh on 198 critic reviews. That's a lot of reviews. Uh, Very impressed. Audience, also fairly high at 73%. That's on over 250 reviews. IMDb, again, pretty positive. Sits at a 7.2 out of 10. Pretty much similar to the audience review on Rotten Tomatoes. That's on about 18,000 ratings, so... Not too bad. But then we head to Letterboxd. Letterboxd, I can't believe how many people have logged this on Letterboxd. Sits at 3.7 out of 5, so that's fairly high. It's on a bit over 81,000 ratings. Um, I think it you know, had about 95,000 logs altogether. And then Metacritic, again, pretty positive. Sits at a 72 on 54 critic reviews. That 72 is out of 100, so it's in that green traffic light system on Metacritic. And again, the audience also has in that green um, area too. Sits at a 7.3 on 42 ratings. So overall... This film is uh, being received pretty well. What are my early thoughts? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't, I've sort of like paused a little bit because I'm like, okay, how do I sell this film without being too enthusiastic? But because I'm not that enthusiastic, but it was still a very good film. So, I, you know, it's solid. It's a solid film the whole way through, realistically. It doesn't have moments where you're like, oh, up, down, etc. I, th- I think it's trick. It's a tricky film because as an audience, you sort of engage with this character and this person and their job. And he's an assassin, so realistically, every part of your mind should be rejecting him as a character and not wanting to sort of see him succeed in anything that he does. But they do such a good job of, you know, you caring about what's going on with this guy. So I think that's through Fassbender. He's so good, and and Finch's touch in this film, it's so detailed throughout that it's really kind of hard to fault this film. So fairly positive for me, I think. That's where he'll go. The characters, the killer. So our assassin, Michael Fassbender, doesn't have a name, just called the, the killer there's no one else really in this film that matters except for him realistically everyone else is is there because they're involved in his world he is this disciplined uh, assassin who is constantly monitoring his heart right he is focused he he does yoga you know and he's hell-bent on following his own rules even though as we see throughout this film he probably doesn't follow those rules as closely um as he should and breaks them at various stages there's this idea of not showing empathy um, as one of his rules, but we, we see that he breaks this, especially with this character Dolores, who we'll talk about a little bit later on. But, you know, she asks him to, you know, when you take me out, make it look like an accident so my family can get my life insurance and things like that. So he, he does show more than this cold-blooded assassin sort of character, but at the same time, still probably not a very good guy. And I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere that Throughout this whole film as a character, he's not seen blinking at all on the screen. So that's pr- that's pretty crazy too. I think that 
you know, as a character, he has he has this persona through this monologue or through this voiceover that he's giving off this impression that he is amazing at his job. And I'm not 100% sure he's sold on that. I'm not 100% sure that's what he's trying to sell the audience because obviously the first job as an audience that we see him try to pull off, he fails. And, and there's this mention throughout that whenever he's using these these hidden identities or, or, or covert names, he uses like these character names from like 1970s TV shows. And, and maybe those names sort of prove that he isn't as smart as he thinks he is or, or wants the audience to believe he is. And, and you know, we, we see other stuff up. So we see this stuff up with this dog uh, towards the end where you know he's telling us how methodical he is but he stuffs up the the amount that he needs to poison him to make him sleep for an amount of time based on his weight and and we know how specific he is so it's all an interesting realistically a very interesting character sort of work out and pick apart as to what his motives are and we'll probably talk a bit more about his motives later on um the other i guess the the main um catalyst for him wanting to continue on this killing spree is his girlfriend um magdala that he has she's got she lives in the dominican republic um has a brother called marcus who isn't obviously a big fan of the killer and his you know the danger that he puts uh, his sister in but she gives him the reason to get revenge and, and that's probably something that we, we need to mention in this film um the rest of the characters are all these ones that are there that he has to take out so we've got like this brute this guy called the brute he lives in florida literally just a muscle guy We've got Leo, the taxi driver. I kind of feel bad for him. Bit of an innocent guy who got caught up in this scheme. Hodges is the lawyer or the almost like the boss of all these assassins. And, and he has this assistant called Dolores, who I mentioned before. Hodges as a character, he probably doesn't really care for anyone but himself. And, and as I mentioned before, Dolores is probably the opposite um, in him because she has a family and she wants the best for them. The other characters we see is the client, uh, Claiborne, this businessman, um, billionaire, hired to... who hired the killer in the first place that got this film rolling and then finally the expert who we see towards the end this fellow assassin who's living in new york city almost this mirror reflection of the killer and a very important part towards the end i guess because we see that you know she mentions that she's assured herself that um you know there were things that she wouldn't do and that she sort of uh, was surprised with what she was capable of. And and I guess that's sort of a reflection, I guess, of how I was feeling about the killer. But at the same time, the only thing that I'm not sold on them being the same is that she mentions that money was her motivation in being an assassin. I'm not 100% sure money is a motive for the killer. So, and that, that's something that's left left in my mind too. I'm not sure what his motivations are throughout. The expert does like ice cream though. It's <laughs> a good little thing to finish off on. Uh, Fincher, the director. We're talking about David Fincher. I, I don't really need to talk about him much. Everyone knows David Fincher. 95 director credits on IMDb. Crazy. That, uh, like a lot of music video clips, a lot of shorts, but gets involved in a lot of stuff. I mean, you think about some of his recent films that, that stand out. Mank from Netflix that we mentioned before. Think about Gone Girl, the English version of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Social Network, which is often regarded as, as one of the best films of the decade. Um, Zodiac, Panic Room, Fight Club, uh, Seven. You know, they, they, there's a whole bunch of, of films that you think about and you're just like, ah, oh, wow, you know, this guy's done a lot of work. And episodes of television too, like we know Mindhunter on Netflix, he had a lot of involvement with, and, and he even did um, an episode of House of Cards as well. So his involvement with Netflix has sort of gone right from the very start, realistically. Uh, let's talk about some scenes. What are some scenes in this one that stood out? What are some things I liked? What are some things that I didn't necessarily like? I think I've got to mention those opening credits, like just stylistically, so cool, super, super cool. Um, get your hooks straight away in this film. The opening scene I'll probably talk about a little bit later on, but from that moment that that opening scene concluded where he, 
the killer accidentally um, assassinates a, or kills a prostitute instead of the target, the tension that was felt throughout from, from him running down those stairs to every single person he saw in his world from then on, whether it was at an airport, whether it was on a plane, whether it was on the street, that, that feeling of tension and suspicion he was feeling for everyone around him, it was just done so well. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the chase of the taxi driver, I sort of mentioned the taxi driver before, Paul Leo, but the, the chase of him and working out who he was and his uh, killing, I, I liked that. The same with Hodges. Uh, the whole of the whole idea of the killer getting into his office, um, the, the little ploy that he did to do it. The, you know, We see in that monologue that idea that he's counting the time of how long a door stays open for it. And then the, the use of a, of a power tool, a drill, that was, <laughs> I like that as well. I think, uh, And then we sort of see the killer with Dolores. Um, they're in an elevator or a lift. And then they're in this lift with this huge bin that's got Hodge's body in it and uh, or trash can, whatever you want to call it. And then people get in the lift and sort of say, you know, as a joke, do you need help getting rid of the body? I, I thought that was funny. And then Dolores's reaction with this awkward sort of laugh was excellent too. Uh, the same with the, the introduction, um, probably to most locations, but my favorite, like every time we, this film was split into parts and it was in a new city, there's like this sort of, uh, you know, one good line. And Florida was the best for me. I think it was along the lines of like, you know, this is the sunshine state where you can find so many like-minded people, um, you know, all the similar sorts of minds that you'd seen in penitentiary. I thought that was that was funny. Uh, there's a scene where the killer, towards the end, he pulls up, he's, he's chasing down the expert and he pulls up in the car next to the expert and we just get this quick shot of Tilda Swinton, who is the expert. And that recognition of myself, this is a really random one, but that recognition of myself of seeing her on screen just made me happy. Even though I knew that she was in this film, I'd obviously forgotten or didn't remember, and I just really liked that. I thought that was cool. Uh, I like the idea with that, he has this big, long conversation with the expert, and they go outside, he's ready to kill her, and she falls to try and trick the killer. Um, you know, I'm a helpless girl, help me, lift me up. And we get this reveal that she had a knife in her hand, I just like that idea that it sort of proved the killer still had his head in the game, um, even though we see him fall at various stages throughout this film. Uh, the final thing that sort of made me laugh was there's a scene towards the end, the killer's sort of closing everything up. He goes to the bank to send all his money offshore, and, and the teller at the, the bank sort of says, you know, with all your money, if we can offer you some investment opportunities. And, and the response from him was interesting. And then he just leaves. I thought that was quite funny too. A very funny film, realistically. Uh, the only things that didn't work, and this is probably going to be a little bit contentious, that opening scene where the audience gets to know the killer through this voiceover or monologue it just really didn't do it for me i think it went for too long uh, and i'm not I'm, i might be at odds here i'm not a big fan of voiceovers uh, to say the least and most of the way through this film it worked to give context but that opening i think it was just too long it didn't work for me the only other thing too which i know some people are probably going to like but there's this fight that the killer has with the brute and it's very hand-on-hand sort of uh, combat action <sighs> didn't like that either um i think it just went too long like well choreographed all that sort of stuff just not a big fan so not a lot but just two little things that didn't stand out for me uh themes ideas what's this film talking about so you've got to talk about revenge you've got to talk about revenge in this film that idea that when your personal life becomes impacted it's really hard to keep emotions out and and especially when you've got these rules or they, these codes these ethics that you follow um you know the idea that you think you're moral because you're following these codes but the ethics of these codes are, are often wrong um and that idea that nothing's personal because you gotta stick to your plan these, these are the ideas that, that the killer follows you know you stick to your plan you've got to anticipate you don't improvise you can't trust anyone never yield an advantage and you know, the idea of it fighting only the battle that you've paid to fight for can't accept or you've got to forbid empathy 
because it's weakness and weakness is vulnerability um, and, and they all get broken throughout this film so they're all ideas that, or morals that you follow that people follow and, and whether you're in this seedy world of, of assassins the idea is that even if you believe those morals and you you want to uphold those morals and i know it's like <laughs> saying it about bad things but in in life you've got these good morals that you want to follow and you feel let down when you don't follow them yourself. So I thought that was interesting. That idea that we see, and it's one of the final lines of this film, that idea of the many compared to one of the few, um, that idea of becoming the many instead of being one of the few. And and the killer, I guess, you know, he's enjoyed the hunt, but he's become tired of the kill. And, and because no one's perfect, it's really hard to be perfect. And, and what's that idea of life? Um, you know, you're born, you live, then you die. That idea of being the you know survival of the fittest. How, how do you survive life? Be the fittest. Live it to your fullest. Is it with money? And I don't think, as I mentioned before, I don't think the killer really cared about money that much. And I do like the idea that Fincher uses about you know consumerism, almost destroying culture throughout. There's so many references that you've got all these big brands that our killer or the killer in this film is using um, to sort of commit crimes and you, you know you've got amazon you've got mcdonald's starbucks wordle fedex hertz car rental company Th- that idea that they're ever present they're always there they're there not necessarily just for good but they can be used for bad too and and that idea of surveillance and, and you know being everywhere you, there's not a, a moment in our world now where you're not being watched somehow so you know heaps in this film to really take away realistically even though it doesn't seem like it <laughs> as you're watching the film um what did I take away from this? And, you know, I think the editing in this is perfect. It's so precise. The, the, the opening, as I mentioned before, wasn't a big fan, but technically, I think it was shot perfectly. It gave me these really um, interesting, sort of like rear window sort of vibes. And, and I think, you know, I, I didn't like the, the monologue or the voiceover, but the way it was shot was, was excellent. Um, we, we have a segment sometimes where we jump onto IMDb to check a cast member out and to see you know, if we've recognized them. That didn't happen in this film for me, but there's a part towards the end where the killer refers to the expert as a q-tip for me i was like what on earth is a q-tip so i looked that up so a q-tip for myself in australia it's like a cotton bud or a swab that you that you use like a uh, to wipe stuff away so completely makes sense now when you, you physically see tilda swinton's character so um yeah that makes sense for me now uh questions ponderings what are some thoughts what are some ideas sort of hard to bring this all together but that idea that I mentioned before that the killer has this clear shot uh, at the expert when they're parked at the traffic lights, clear shot with the gun, then, you know, follows her back to this restaurant, sits with her because he tell, he wanted to have a conversation. Like, did he really want to have a conversation or was it more that idea? I, I mentioned before as well, does he sort of see himself in her and, and just wanted to talk it through someone else that's in the same position as him? Not sure. I thought that was interesting. And that idea too, like what was in it for the killer? He, and I mentioned this, I've already mentioned all these things. He didn't really seem like the sort of person who wanted money. So what was he in it for? Was it that he just really enjoyed that hunt, that the adrenaline, the thrill, the preparation, the following the codes and the ethics and the morals of his own world? Is that what he was, is that what kept him going? Is that what made him the the strongest in, in his own little world? I'm not sure because he obviously had a very caring uh, partner that, you know, lied to make sure that his cover wasn't blown and, and you know she copped it quite brutally so i'm very intrigued what 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 his thoughts were but they're just things i don't have answers for i just wanted to bring them up i'm ready to wrap this up though i think it's interesting i uh, i'm still sort of torn up at the start i was a little bit torn up now i'm torn up again because it's not groundbreaking fincher this film it's but it's still a film that's miles above a lot of other films that you see because it, it's so visually pleasing that it's so well performed it's so tightly put together that you're almost going to be hard done by to find 
better thriller film this year. So I think I, I've had in my mind I was going to give it a three and a half. I think I'm going to up it to a four out of five. Four, and a, four out of five for me, solid score, solid film, well worth a watch. It's not going to win a whole bunch of awards, but it's still worth a watch. Recommend it. We're on socials. We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook and we've got uh X, formerly known as Twitter. I always go to say Twitter. Uh, I think it's, I can still call it Twitter. Uh, look for us at Flix Forum. I want to put a question out with the post for this episode was, and this ties in with everything that I've been talking about, but why was the killer doing everything he was doing? What what was his reason behind it? We don't get a, a reason behind it because for me, it wasn't about money. So what was he doing it for? And possibly I've, I've already explained this, my, my own thoughts, probably just that idea of, you know, he loves the the routine of it and his ability to think that he, he's good at something. So, yeah, what are your thoughts? Let us know on socials. We're, we're, we've got an episode out every single Wednesday. So we've done 200 and more than 250 episodes on Netflix original films um, in order, plus another 50 or so bonus episodes. So there's 300 plus episodes on Netflix original films that you can find in our feed. Give us a listen. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like if you can. We appreciate it. As always, I'll see you on Wednesday for our next episode.